Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey there, this is Nicole, the host of the Found Down Podcast. What is up? It is Sunday afternoon here, uh, August 22nd in Seattle, Washington. I am just doing a little bit of pre-recording um, so that I can get ready for this episode to come out on Wednesday. This episode's with Shannon Miller, aka Headstands and Holiday. She's a travel nurse. She put it on pause and took a break to take care of herself and then also scooted off to be a nurse at a summer camp. So that's primarily what the episode's about. But interestingly, she takes a good amount of time um, to talk about her mental health and what she's doing and what she did for herself. Um, that was so kind. And hopefully everybody out there can hear what she's up to and um, just remember to dig into the things you love during this, what is it, fifth wave? I know I've mentioned it before. There is this organization called emotionalppe.org. Check that out. I've, there's no affiliation with them at all, but they do offer free counseling for mental free counseling for healthcare providers, check it out, emotionalppe.org. So if you're struggling right now, which I completely understand, go check that out. And also, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in week after week um, for rating and reviewing the show, for listening, for writing me, for being active on Instagram. Um, I truly couldn't do the show without you. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, you really are the best, truly. Now I want to talk about our amazing sponsor, Nicole Kupchik, CNS and educator. She offers nurses all kinds of products, courses, online classes, webinars uh, to help nurses advance their practice. And she actually just launched a new course, Emergent Pacing. So if you're in the world of having to do that, you might want to check that out at NicoleKupchikConsulting.com. She also has ABG interpretation, hemodynamic monitoring, stroke review, delirium prevention, and she has a CCRN and PCCN review course coming up this September slash October. You're going to want to check it out if you haven't gotten certified. Go over to NicoleCupcheConsulting.com and check out her products. Also, you can use the coupon code FOUNDDOWN20 at checkout to get 20% off. Again, you can use the coupon code FOUNDDOWN20, that's all lowercase, at uh, checkout to get 20% off over at NicoleCupchickConsulting.com. Check it out. All right, well, that should wrap up the business stuff. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with Shannon Miller. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Found Down Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and I'm so excited because I have my friend Shannon Miller back on the show, aka Headstands and Holiday. You know, we're going to talk about something really fun. She decided to do something this summer, and that was to be a nurse at a, at a camp, at a summer camp. And so I thought it would be really fun to talk about what that whole experience was like and um, just get into that. Uh, cause that seems like something that'd be fun to do but before we do anything else. How are you, Shannon? Welcome to the show. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me back. It's so fun Yay. to be here with you. Yay. <laughs> 
Um, I am doing relatively well, all things considered, with Delta surging. Um, I like, yeah, I'm off from work for a couple of weeks now before I start something new, which we can talk about later. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm just kind of having a little summer vacay in between nursing at summer camp and my next steps. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, can you tell me how? Oh my gosh, do you you worked at a summer camp way first, right? Wait a long time ago, right? Yeah. And, how did you decide to do do it again? Yeah. So I remember us talking about this on the last, last episode I was on and I was like, oh, it would be cool someday to like do that again if the timing worked out. Well, after you and I spoke, I was like, let's just make the timing work out. <laughs> so I went online and I applied to a couple of positions kind of all over California. And um, this one camp in Los Angeles called me like, right away and offered me relatively good pay. I mean, not travel nursing in a pandemic pay, but like pretty good, all things considered. And, uh, you know, after asking some questions and figuring it all out, I decided, all right, I think I'm going to take this position in Los Angeles. Um, so I did. And uh, it was fun. It was fun to spend the summer in Southern California. <laughs> was there a theme to this camp? You know, how sometimes it's like diabetes camp or, or, oncology camp or did the nurse camper or the campers have a sort of theme or age group? So it's any kids can go to this camp. It's ages seven to 17. And then going up from there, 18, I think uh, the counselors are like 18 to 22 college students for the most part. Um, and then you've got a couple of administrative staff. And then we had a pretty significant nursing staff. Um, because I think at our, at our heaviest, we had like 200 campers, which was kind of a lot of children. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Tell me about, I just want to know everything. So you, did you arrive like before the kids came and then got prepped and sort of whatever for the week? And then like, what were your, what was that like? And what were your shifts? Like, did you ever did you, is it just like 24 <laughs> seven? Yeah. Summer camp nursing is 24 seven, but luckily between however many nurses we have on for the day, we kind of like take breaks or take days off or have, um, certain nurses working like the night shift. So on call on the walkie talkie or just available in the health center. So how it worked for me, I'm, uh, I had a charge nurse, so she was the one who kind of made the schedule who, um, uh, you know, worked with me on wh what weeks I could work, um, which was really nice. So I arrived down there in June, the day before check-in of session one. So I kind of got the lowdown, got to see the health center, got to see parts of the camp, dining hall, um, meet a couple of the staff. And then the next morning we were gung-ho, just checking kids in. And it was the first time checking in campers in a pandemic uh, and it was 107 degrees that day. So it was really rough. <laughs> wow. So basically how it worked was we had like parents caravan kids in, in their cars and we asked everyone to stay in their vehicles. And like at the first check-in booth, you get like your sticker with your bunk on it and like a little piece of paper that we called your passport and that we had to check off that you had a health check and a lice check, um, that you had a COVID test. Um, and then if you had any medications to drop off. So the next booth, um, we rapid tested every camper who was unvaccinated on check-in day. Every single camper who was checking into camp had to have a PCR test like three to five days uh, before camp and be uploaded into our like um, online system. So we were pretty good with the testing. And um, so, yeah, so once we got past that point, they dropped off luggage and then beyond that point, they came up to the top where a whole slew of nurses and staff were doing a health screening. So basically I was just asking a bunch of like HMP questions, just yeah. you know, making any modifications as needed and then collecting medication um, and always asking questions about medication because it's not often super clear like, oh yeah, I really uh, want them to take this at 7 a.m. And we're like, okay, can we take a breakfast, which it might be at like 9 a.m. And just these sorts of things. Yeah. And then yeah. also um, 
just uh, what was the other thing? Oh, lice check. So then they get a lice check. And then from there, they kind of get to go on to their bunk and meet their counselor and meet everyone in their, in their bunk. So yeah, and it worked. We, we worked through some kinks that first session. And then uh, by the second session, we had it way more streamlined. So it was, it was definitely a trial and error. <laughs> Were you did you have any kids come through where you're like, oh, I'm nervous about them coming in with a certain condition or like, or were you mostly like, Oh, okay. It's not nothing too heavy duty. Um, so luckily this camp has been ongoing for a long time. And, um, most of the kids have, or the families have been a part of the process at this camp before. And they also have, um, mental health specialists, so if there was something going on um, with the child, then that was typically known ahead of time. Um, if they had really specialized like food needs or allergy needs or like, I don't know, medication times that we weren't used to, um, that was something we typically knew ahead of time um, because the, the camp just encourages families to be really forthcoming with that sort of information. And the charge nurse likes to be super aware of what's going on in those cases. Yeah. I mean, you think like, "Mm, you're responsible for all these kiddos. Um, and obviously you want to, you want to know about anything that would catch you off guard. Um, what was really, what, what did you like most about this summer job? (laughs) I liked doing something outside of the hospital. That was the ultimate goal once I decided that I was going to start working again um, after my last travel assignment, I was like, I need to do something that isn't intensive care. <laughs> and so it was good. I think I think that the main challenge for me was that I hadn't been around large groups of people in a really long time. So <laughs> going in and suddenly having large groups of people and 200 kids and a slew of staff who need something from me, I, I felt really overwhelmed um, that first week, but I adjusted and I uh, spoke to the charge nurse and I was like, if I'm going to continue doing this job, we're going to have to like set some boundaries and I'm going to have to, you know, have some time away in order to recharge. Otherwise I'm completely depleted in like a way that was just totally different than how the hospital depletes you. Just like that, that is really a lot of work, but it's a 12 hour shift and it's three shifts a week. And somehow I can like compartmentalize all of that and then have my days off and feel so totally separate. But at camp, it's a 24 hour a day job. <laughs> so it's a lot to, uh, it's a lot to adjust to. And, you know, some of the people coming into it, some of the other nurses, have experience working at like a school or, you know, they have kids of their own or they work in pediatrics or something. And I was like, I have none of those things <laughs> aside from that last camp experience that I had, which has was seven years ago. So I've been a while. Um, but yeah, I think like overall it was, it was just a, it was a really cool learning experience for me. I felt like I understand better, um, how summer camp like health works because honestly I had forgotten and I think it was just a lot different before the pandemic. So it was a new thing for all of us. Did you get any kids that were like, I don't know, fell and hurt themselves or did you have to do fun sort of nursey things? (laughs) I'd say, oh gosh, there were a couple of days where it was like, I tended to so many scraped knees or elbows or removed a bunch of splinters or it got, it was funny because there were so many of us in the health center some days, especially check-in days that like, I, I discovered that I really don't mind dealing with like the wounds. Like I'm really good at that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, you scraped your elbow or, Oh, you bumped this. And Oh yeah. Like, let's take a look. And like, um, so, but the constant complaints, I think the top complaints were, I have a headache, my stomach hurts, uh, just like you, typical stuff that like will get the counselor to bring the kid into the health center. And we like, we don't have much to help these kids with. Like it's really bare bones in there. <laughs> and so every once in a while, when you go like, oh, my stomach hurts, what they really mean is they're homesick and they want to go home or they want to talk to mom or whatever. So it's just a lot of, I think it's 
I think a main differentiation between like taking care of like or like pretty much healthy children at a summer camp versus like sick adults in an ICU is like these kids don't say what they really need necessarily. They're like, my stomach hurts or my head hurts or I don't know. Like people come in, they're like, I don't feel good. <laughs> like, okay, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> so um, yeah. it ended up being a lot of saltine crackers, seltzer water. Let's just sit in the AC for a little bit. Here's a little bit of electrolyte punch because you're probably a little dehydrated if I'm not, you know, if I'm being honest. So it was a lot of just kind of like, treating symptomatically and kind of like mental health to some degree. Like sometimes the kid just needed that reassurance, like from one of us. So. Oh, I bet that was nice to give. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a little unprepared for that, but some of the other, some of the other nurses were better at handling the really homesick kids. And I think by like by second session, I was getting a little better at it. Like I would offer things like, do you want to have a little bit of lavender essential oil on a cotton ball? It can help you sit soothing or like a little Vicks VapoRub if that's kind of soothing or here's a little bit of sleepy time tea. Like just, I just, you know, stuff I wouldn't normally, like those aren't things I think about in ICU. So I just had to kind of change my mindset of like what kind of things I could offer for these kids that might help them. And it might just be a placebo in most cases, but that's okay. If it works, it works. Yeah. <laughs> what were your um, lodging situation? What was your lodging situation? Did you have a bunk also in a room of people or what was it? All- what was all about it all about? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of dormitory style. Uh, we had several buildings on site at camp and um, there were two rooms in the health center. So two of the nurses stayed there. One was there pretty much all the time and one was there like half the time. So between them, they were, there was always somebody sleeping at the health center, um, just in case. And then I slept in a different building, but it was very dormitory. Like it was just like a hallway rooms on both sides, a shower and a toilet in the hallway. Um, I didn't have a roommate, which was nice, but lots of the other staff did. I think they had designated rooms for nurses. So none of us really had to have roommates, which was nice. (laughs) That's nice. I think that would be hard in the pandemic. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it was for you. It's, you sound, sound like a little bit like where you're like, oh, very protective of who you're around. And all of a sudden now you're around lots of people, mm-hmm. including lots of staff. And and I mean, the assumption is probably everyone was vaccinated or tested. But how did you go about feeling safe kind of in that space? So they had... Well, we had to follow Los Angeles County public health rules. And in order to open and run summer camp, we had to be very strict about cohorting kids and masking. So um, ordinarily, I guess, at this camp, this was my first time working there, but ordinarily the cohorts will mix and mingle a lot more um, for various activities during the week they're there. And in in this case, they had to really keep kids who were in their bunks, which usually had, you know, 10 to 14 kids in them, um, separated out from other groups. So even siblings, often they would like, if they had siblings in different age levels or whatever, they would keep separated. And we were actually really strict about masking. We were masking pretty much all the time. Um, even outside, if they were going to be around other kids and, um, the only time they were allowed to take their masks off was like, if they were in their bunks with just their bunk mates, or in the dining hall eating and they had to be sitting at their table. And if they got up from their table, the mask had to go back on in order to move around the dining hall, which was not encouraged. We were mostly just keep at your table and your counselors get stuff for you. So it, it worked pretty well. Um, we did have like the camp cold that goes around, like there's still a little bit of germ spreading, but it was really just like a little bit of a sore throat, a little bit of a cough, um, just like that dryness. It was super dry in the hills of Los Angeles and um, it's dusty too. So there was just a a little bit of that. Um, And then, yeah, we maintained a COVID free camp, which was amazing. That is incredible. (laughs) That that's so great. And um, that's a huge accomplishment. What kind of activities did the kids do and did you get to participate? (laughs) There were so many activities. So um, there was archery, um, and there's like a zip line, there's a pool, there's arts and crafts. Um, gosh, I'm, there's so many other ones. I know during arts and crafts, they had a couple of tie dye days, which 
looked pretty fun. There's a rock climbing wall. Um, some of the older kids got to tend, um, kind of create and tend to a garden um, as like a service project that they do, which was really neat. And um, separate separate out from like the bunks, there's a, there's like a little musical theater type program too. So like some kids could go and like audition to be in like the performance at the end of camp. And that was kind of cute. Um, and yeah, there's, gosh, there's so much stuff. They had, uh, they had all these like reptiles and different animals come to camp, like a group brought them in and got to show them to the kids. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Did you get to, did you have fun with any of that stuff? I didn't really. I think in between med pass, which we should talk about, which was extreme in some cases, and running the clinic in between med passes, there was just not a lot of time for the fun activities, unfortunately. But um, every once in a while, we would get to kind of like watch. <laughs> okay. What is med pass like? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if it's like the type of camp I was at or if it's just like I was in Los Angeles or what it was, but we had a lot of medication. We had a lot of kids on medication. Um, and you know, it could be anything from like daily vitamins, but it could be as extreme as like, you know, a kid was on like glucophage and then we had another kid, we have had several kids on SSRIs and I had kids on clonidine and I had a kid on boosterone, which I thought was kind of odd. She was like nine. Um, anyway, I was like, wow, I, I am not a, not used to like taking care of children and B I'm not used to a lot of these medications because you just don't see a lot of them in intensive care. So I was like, I, I know of them, but I had to kind of, some of them I had to look up. So I was like, I don't even know what this is. Um, and so because of COVID and because of trying to keep kids separated out, we had to come up with a good system to bring these kids their medication instead of having them come to us lining up at the health center, because often they were like 50, 60 kids who needed meds in the morning um, or, at, or at bedtime. Bedtime was another very popular med pass. So we decided to take medications with us to the dining hall and like try to go to the tables directly to give the kids their medication. So um, the first session did not have as much medication and we could kind of pull them up in like a really big wagon. And the second session was so many medication that we had to put them in the car and drive them up to the dining hall from the health center and like set up a little like med area right outside. And so if we could catch kids, you know, with their bunks going into the dining hall before meals, we would try to pass their meds then. And then if not, we would, you know, hang out out there, get our meal and then like go and find those kids inside the dining hall to pass meds to them. Okay. The, the other thing was like, once we're done with that, it's kind of chaotic with the meds. So like we kind of throw everything back in the car, go back to the health center. And then we're just like, I felt like I was constantly sorting medication, like into like the proper, was it boys? Was it girls? Like which bunk are they in? And like, which age group? And it was just, it was just chaos sometimes. <laughs> Did you, oh my gosh. I just think about how things are in the hospital, you know, like every med or every, you know, patient's got their ID and then you do all this scanning and you touch, double check your five rights um, and all of that. Like, well, these kids, did they have name tags? And like, how are you like, are you sure you're Bobby Joe? Cause. <laughs> I know. Right. And then, you know, before I got, you know, after during one session, one session was like 18 days long, which is a long time. So I, by the end of that session, I knew every single child there on medication because I had passed all of their medication at some point. Um, so early on in the session, when you still don't know the kids very well, I often, if I'm not clear on like what the parent had written on there, I will ask the kid. And like, I can always double check with their counselor. Like, is this kid, this kid, because they all have like a whole roster of names and last first names, first names and last names. So I'll go up to the table and I'm like, I'm looking for this kid. And they're like that one, I go over, Hey, are you this kid? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, is this, do you take your medicine at this time? Like, how do you like to take it? I just kind of like get a little rapport going with them because it's good to, it's good so that we understand, we both understand like what's happening here. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's harder. And we have like, we have, we create a MAR for each child and it's all of their meds go in like a sealed gallon size Ziploc bag with their MAR. 
and like I'll pull out their mar and I'm like, okay, you take this at this time and you take this much of this at this time. And I like look at the bottle and I like pop one out for them and I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, that's all I needed. I'm like, okay, double check. And then I like initial next to the day that I gave it at which time. <laughs> well, that's good. It sounds like you have to be very organized. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your second session was 18 days. So that's like, okay, no, no days off, right? Or so, day, days off? No days off for the children. Um, days off for me were very necessary. <laughs> And I was joking that I was getting a little tour of the two-star hotels in the Los Angeles area because even though I was having like 24 hours off at a time and I could feasibly just stay at camp if I wanted, it's not really a break to stay at camp because I'm still on site. And like, if I walk out to go to the bathroom, someone could stop me and be like, hey, I have this issue or I have that issue or whatever. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. So I would get like a 24-hour break and I would leave around noon um, on one day and like get a hotel somewhere in town and come back at noon the next day. And I would get that during all of session two and the beginning of session three, I did that twice a week. So that sounds great. Yeah, (laughs) it was very necessary. (laughs) I think I saw a couple of those where you're like, okay, I'm chilling in my hotel on your, on your like Insta stories or something. Yeah, I, most of the people who are working at camp are from the greater Los Angeles or at least Southern California area. So if they left, they usually went home, but I lived like over eight hours driving from there. So I was like, well, now that I know I'm getting these breaks and it's just 24 hours at a time, like the best I could do is like go get a hotel room. So yeah, I was on booking.com and hotel tonight often just being like, okay, which one's got a pool? Which one's got late checkout? Cool. Let's get that one. <laughs> did um did your husband come up and see you at all? He didn't. Um, it was just a little challenging with the just the 24 hours off at a time. Um, we kind of tried to arrange it. Um, he could have flown down maybe, but it would have been like odd timing for him with work. So it didn't work out. But I ended up working one week at camp and then I had eight days off because I was going to a wedding. So I drove back up, we went to a wedding. We got to hang out for a little bit. I had a couple appointments and then I went back down and I was gone for like, I think three and a half weeks the second time. So it was a bit, but people are always like, oh, how do you, that's a long time to be away from your your husband, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm a travel nurse usually. So I'm gone a lot regularly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You make it work. Yeah, we really do. And we, we do fine. Ooh, Shannon, I want to know about the break you had. So the last time we talked you were about to wrap up your travel assignment and you were looking at taking some time off. Um, and you you took this time off before you went and did nurse where you're a nurse at a camp. I would say I want to say nurse camp, but like you were a nurse at a camp for kids. Um, tell me about the time off that you took and I, did you have anything you learned at all? Oh, yes. Um, so, so April 14th was the last day of my last contract. And at that point, I just felt so depleted that I knew I couldn't like feasibly go back to working and like do the best that I can, like I normally do. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Well, especially full-time in the ICU. So I think as weeks went on and I was off work, I, I could just feel my mind and my body relaxing. And it was at a point, it was the spring. So it was at a point where like COVID felt like it was waning a little bit. And so I think my mental health was a little better at that time. Um, and because I'm, you know, I'm vaccinated and I, um, you know, my, my parents too, I got to go see my family uh, I got to see a couple friends, vaccinated friends. Um, I went on a couple short trips locally, um, you know, driving distance for me. And by the time June rolled around, end of May, you know, up up here where I live in Reading is really hot. <laughs> so it felt like summer. And so friends were like, hey, we're getting the boat out and we're going to go on the boat and we're going to go rafting. And, we're, and so I felt like I had my own little, like, 
extended because it was two months off of work, like extended little summer break, (laughs) which felt really good. And I felt rejuvenated by it for sure. (laughs) Gosh, that's awesome. That's, uh, Sounds very necessary. (laughs) I I wish everybody could do that, honestly, because it's the world today. They make you think that you need to be working constantly all the time. And I just disagree with that. Same. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. If you were right here, I would high five you. I'll just virtual virtual high five you. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of ways that, that one can do that. So you um, have been a travel nurse for a while. You control when you work um, and you can control when you have breaks. Um, do your la- When did your last summer camp end? Um, I, they're they're still having camp this week and I had something else, which I actually, we could talk about, um, this past week. So I couldn't stay, but I think I was there till July 25th. So in total, I worked like four and a half weeks at summer camp. Are you done with summer camp this summer? Yes, I'm done. Yeah. I, when I left, that was it for me. Um, it's too far. If I'd lived closer, I'd consider coming back and working some days, but it's just, it's a, it's a long drive. Would you, would you do it again? Like next summer? Um, you know, my, my charge nurse asked me the same question. I, I consider it. I don't know that I would go for that many weeks, (laughs) but maybe a week here and there would be all right. Now that I kind of have the feel for it. And I felt like once, once I, once I understood how it worked and I kind of did some organizing with um, some of the other nurses, I felt like we had it really dialed. So uh, now that I kind of have that with me, I would consider going back. When I first got there, I was like, oh, crazy, overwhelmed. This is a craziness. I don't understand, but (laughs) I got it. I think I got it now. Well, I bet there's summer camps around where you live. And if you want to do something closer too. Yeah. And a lot of camps aren't like all summer long. You know, there's some that are like, oh, we do a week or we do a couple of weeks or something. And so, yeah, could something could work out. And it is, it is a, I won't say it's like not stressful because it is stressful in a lot of ways, like check-ins kind of stressful and people coming in with weird symptoms were like, oh gosh, okay, should we swap for COVID? Do they, do they count as, you know, do these symptoms count? And we have to kind of go through the algorithm and, you know, and then there's certain things where you just, you have to bring in like someone higher up, like a camp director or, you know, somebody from mental health, if kids really struggling I mean, like, is this the type of thing where the kid needs to go home? Like, sometimes there's issues where you got to send kids home from camp and nobody likes to do it, but it's sometimes necessary. Hmm. So. So. Yeah, I, I would wonder, like, if, you know, if you've got kids too, like, they want to call their mom every day. Like, do, do they, can they? Do they? I don't remember. No, I, I mean. Typically not. They, t- they typically kind of help try to help them through the homesickness, which is pretty strong the first day or a couple of days. And then um, we encourage things like writing a letter home to your parents and, um, you know, making friends with your bunk mates. And we talk about what things they enjoy doing that day. And some, some kids do well after a few days and they just need that little like encouragement and some kids just don't. And, you know, something that I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me before I started working at camp was, that a lot of these kids never went to in-person school all year. And then suddenly their parents signed them up for like a 12 day or an 18 day camp session. And they haven't been around anybody in this large of a setting in a year or a year and a half. <laughs> I was like talking to some of these kids and I'm like, did you go to in-person school? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder you're like freaking out. Like I would be freaking out. I like, just got that. I got kind of a little chest pain thinking about that. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Um, The other thing that hadn't occurred to me is a lot of kids had electronic withdrawal, which wasn't a thing that I had any concept of, really. And so we'd have kids coming in like, oh, stomach ache. I just like, I don't feel good or like I'm having diarrhea or I'm vomiting or whatever, complaining of whatever symptoms. 
And usually we're like, okay, they're probably dehydrated. Let's start there. But sometimes it was like they were having like withdrawal. There was like withdrawal symptoms from their video games or their iPad or whatever they do at home, their phone, their TikTok. (laughs) 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 It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, that is crazy. But I mean, if you... I don't know. Think about the way that, I mean, I grew up, I'm, I'm guessing I'm maybe 10 years older than you, maybe 12 years old. I don't know. I'm 44. Oh, only eight. I'm 36. Oh, we're closer in age than I thought. But you know, like I didn't have anything like that growing up. Um, but I mean, obviously as we've gotten older, devices have been more and more a part of our life. The, life, the internet has been more and more a part of our life. And sure, like I have hard times taking breaks from my phone sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, it could happen to us as well. Yeah. And it's different too now. Like kids are expected to have a device because they were going to classes on their device and they were showing up to school for online, you know, online school. And so going from probably having significant amount of screen time every day to having no screen time for literally weeks, I think was just a huge, a huge shift for a lot of kids. Some kids did fine. I think some kids were like happy to have breaks from that sort of stuff. So luckily there were, there were definitely all responses on the spectrum. <laughs> wow. Well, that's so cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, I saw a little sneak peek um, on your social media about something fun you did that you said, yeah, so you couldn't do nurse camp or go to camp last week because you were doing something else. What were you doing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Speaking of breaks from, you know, screens and social media, I spent uh, four, so three nights and four days in the backcountry taking adults, cancer survivors on a backpacking trip. Um, And I do that with an organization called the Send It Foundation. And they are kind of based in the Bay Area and North Lake Tahoe, Truckee area. Um, And ordinary during ordinary times last year, they didn't get to do these like multi-day trips, but um, they organize different kinds of like epic outdoor adventures where they gather cancer survivors. And usually I think everyone was like 40 or younger, but had had cancer, like either as a kid or young adults and have this cancer survivorship. Um, it's a way to connect cancer survivors and get them outside and give them a really fun opportunity to, you know, send it. That's so cool. Is your role, tell me about your role. Is it, um, as like a guide or as a healthcare provider? Um, so when they reached out to me initially, it was uh, to be a nurse on the trip. Um, and I'm a volunteer. So I, I essentially am just like there for any medical assistance anyone might need. But on the other side, I have experienced doing almost all of the outdoor activities that uh, Send It takes their participants on. So I've been, I've been backpacking for, I don't know, 20 years or so um, with my mom, who's pretty avid backpacker and various friends over the years. So I have all the gear and, you know, I, I feel like pretty confident in my skills. So it was cool to kind of have both. Luckily these participants don't really require medical attention. I mean, like on a backpacking trip, I think the most medical attention I gave was like, I removed a couple of splinters and I like helped with some blisters on some people's feet from their hiking boots. Like there was not like oh, I'm over, like I'm overheated or I'm dehydrated or I'm having difficulty breathing. It was just like, it was not that. It was more like, uh, I have my feet hurt. <laughs> like I think I have a blister. So um, luckily they're all in really good shape and they were um, all cleared ahead of time by their you know, physician or oncologist, depending on how recent their, their cancer was um, to come on this trip. And The one we did was, I think over the four days, we did about 20 miles in Desolation Wilderness. So um, right next to Lake Tahoe. And it was a lot of them, first time backpacking. And one participant, it was her first time camping ever. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I know. I was so impressed. I was like, your first time camping ever. You're coming to a different state. You're going to go backpacking with eight other strangers, people you've never met. (laughs) I was like, you are awesome. That is so cool. Did did this, does this organization, it sounds like it's a nonprofit. Do they 
get funding to pay for the participants or did they the part like how does that work? Yeah, it is a nonprofit and they do um, they do operate with a lot of uh, donated money and they do a lot of like fundraising throughout the year. Um, and then they fund the entire trip for the participant, like flights, food, lodging, all the, like pretty much all the gear for backpacking, which is pretty specialized. We provide it and then we ask them to bring along things that we couldn't provide them with. Um, but yeah, it's a fully funded, it's a fully funded trip for the participants. How did you get involved? Oh, well, I used to live in Reno and in South Lake Tahoe and a friend of mine who I used to work with in Reno, she, uh, she couldn't do a trip a couple of years ago. She was like, oh, they really need a nurse for this trip. And so she recommended me and they reached out to me. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Count me in. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, I think I went, it was almost two years ago. I went on my first Sunday trip, which was um, also in Tahoe. And it was, I think, four nights, five days. And we did rock climbing and kayaking on Lake Tahoe, which was pretty cool too. That is so cool. I've got yeah. to sign up for that. Yeah, I know, right? Wow, you've talked about some really cool things that you can do um, outside of the ICU. You know, I mean, I know we're, the majority of the show is talking about camp, um, but like you did, I mean, you worked at a camp for four weeks and you also, I mean, it was probably volunteer, right? But volunteer during this awesome project. You're looking at a couple of per diem jobs. Um, sounds like you're creating some really good diversity <laughs> yes. in your in your work life. Yes. I, I think I, I'm not like hanging up travel nursing for good. I don't think it's still something I like super value and ha it has really helped me grow. Um, I think I'm hanging up full-time ICU work for now. So that kind of rules out travel nursing for the moment. And I'm, yeah, I just took a per diem position. So I start next week uh, per diem in the ICU. And I also took a position working for the county where I live. So it's more of a public health role, which will be a totally different thing because it's an office job. <laughs> Don't know what that's going to be like, but um yeah, I'll be working for the county doing COVID contact tracing and case management starting at the very end of August. So I'm looking forward to doing something a little different um, while still keeping my ICU skills up and, yeah. you know, doing, doing a job I, I know how to do. And uh, I think that what I'm learning from this, like, last four months of transition is that um, – these transitions are really uncomfortable. And at the beginning, I really just didn't know what I was going to land on, but I started just applying to all kinds of different stuff um, and the same stuff, you know, ICU included, but I just knew that working full time in the ICU wasn't um, sustainable for my mental health anymore. So I'm trying to diversify. That's very, very great uh, to see you do that. And to offer that as an opportunity for folks out there to think about what else is out there. You know, some of the, I mean, I've been doing ICU for 13 years and, and it shows right now. <laughs> I feel it inside and I don't even work full time, you know? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's really good just to hear about other other gigs, other opportunities. Um, and you know, the work, that work will always be there. So, you know, if you're, if you or whoever out there is listening, if you're like stepped away, but you want to go back to it, you know, it's there. I always, I mean, there's a surge. So as a travel <laughs> nurse, I'm getting emails and text messages every day. Like, here's a new contract you could take in Florida making $5,000 a week. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. I feel like I can't put a dollar amount on my mental health anymore. And I know, I know I was doing that in 2020 and in 2021, I'm like, I cannot do that anymore. So, and you know, after talking to so many ICU nurses recently who were just feeling a little bit of, respite when it wasn't surging so bad are just 
feeling a whole different level of anxiety than even like a year ago or more than a year ago when we were at the beginning of our first surge. So it's, uh, it's just, I'm afraid that eventually there's not going to be anyone who wants to even work ICU or at the bedside because we're just overwhelmed constantly. And so I don't know what's going to happen, but Oh, yeah. that I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm having a little whiplash or something. Yeah, know. totally. Um, and it's not even bad here. You know what I mean? But I think we're all like, well, when is it going to get bad? Or, you know, we see how bad it is in other places. Um, and I don't, I think we know mentally like what that is and what that must be like. And that seems really scary. So you know, for us, we're just, I think, holding our breath. And so I don't know. Um, yeah. Take, if you're struggling out there, make sure you dig in deep to do the things you love so that you can take care of yourself because you got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. What, um, speaking of, what do you do? Um, what fills your cup? Like, what are you doing for fun? Like, what makes you happy? Uh, well, I really love to rest. <laughs> and I think that I used to be one of those people who was like, it's a beautiful day. I feel like I have to go outside and do something or I'm wasting it. And now I'm like opposite of that, where I'm like, I feel today like my energy levels are low and I'm going to read or watch a show or do some light cleaning around my house or whatever. And I just feel so good about that change in mindset where I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm going to just do me today and chill. But one of the things that I started doing at home that I really like doing is I started doing a paint by number right here at my little desk. And um, here I have it right here. I'm just going to show you real quick, (laughs) but it's going to be this like beautiful tree scene. And I just paint. And it's like, cool. It's so, so I just put my headphones in, put on a podcast or an audio book. And I sit here for like, I could probably sit here for like hours and just like the world goes by and I paint and I feel so good. That's really, really cool. There's this book. I haven't read it yet. It's coming out. There's this like woman. Oh, she's got this book called like the fuck it diet. Um, I love the name. Have you heard, have you heard of her? I don't think so. Um, but I think she's coming out with a book that is like something like fuck it and rest or something. I don't know. She's her next book is all about rest, I guess is what. So, um, I haven't read her first book and I should, that's all about, I guess, intuitive eating and how the diet culture is toxic and awful. Oh, cool. That sounds like a good read. But the this one is all about uh, all about rest, uh, fighting against that. I think it's all about fighting against that uh, crazy, got to be busy culture, got to be doing a million things, which sounds like you're g- giving yourself a lot of time to just to, to rest and l- listen to your body. Yes, I try. I try to encourage other people too, because I think that it's still a large part of the culture. It's like, got to do things got to be productive. I hate that ter- that term. I got to be productive. I haven't been productive today. I'm like productive for who, for what? Like it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's such a hard, Oh, it's so ingrained. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, I find myself saying the same thing, um, yeah. but it's like for what some days I'm like, I don't feel like uh, I'm not going to do that. But then sometimes I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll do some things and then that'll make me feel better about getting yeah. some things off my plate. But I, uh, um, I also this year, probably since the last time we talked, I've gotten really into roller skating, <laughs> which is really fun. And um, also a good stress reliever because I feel like I'm not that good at it. So I got to stay pretty focused so I don't really hurt myself. <laughs> but uh, I got, you know, elbow pads or scards, knee pads and, um, uh, there's a roller rink in my town. I've been to a couple times. I went to one in LA a couple times when I was down there. And then there's just a little park by my house that has a perfect little outdoor rink. And I just cruise around in there and put on some music or put on the headphones and just like have the best time. 
That sounds so fun. Yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> I just got, I did an interview yesterday with epidemiologist Kat and she roller skates. She's oh, cool. A, she's a I follow skater. her. She's awesome. I can't wait to hear that episode. It'll, it's a good one. And um, yeah. it'll come out. Well, this one will come out after hers. So, yeah. but it, in, I'm like, what time frame am I talking? Cause when this comes out anyway, <laughs> someday, soon. someday soon. Yeah. It'll come out this next, this next week, which will be last week. We, <laughs> if, if, oh if you're listening to this anyway. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Any last closing thoughts for the show? Oh, I think that. I, I was thinking about my summer at camp a lot and like my changes to my career that I'm working through. And I think one of my parting words or w- words of wisdom that I'm having for myself is to better understand your how much you're capable of and set your boundaries when you need to, because it's really easy, especially in healthcare, to get asked to do way too much and um, be you know, tempted with bonus, bonus pay or crisis pay. It's really tempting, but I say really look within and see how much you are capable of giving. And if you're being asked to do too much, just say, no, don't do it. Because at the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself first. And I think that that has been my, my mantra for 2021 after the crazy year last year. Just say no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Don't just rest. Rest is a radical act. Just rest. Yes, it is a radical act. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I cannot, I swear, I want you back again uh, sometime. Um, We can talk about whatever fun thing you're up to (laughs) in like four months or so. But, um, yeah, good to connect and talk. And you're, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, Shannon. Um, go follow Shannon on Headstands and Holidays. She's got fun posts. So, um, yay. yay. Uh, uh, thank you so much. And uh, stay safe and stay sane. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. That was great. That was really fun. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you're listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one.